everything that we believe starts with the victory on the cross. And then from that, you know, flows the fact that we're called by name and we have a relationship with God. We've been set free because of that victory. Hello, everyone. My name is Doug, and I'm one of the pastors here at Lord's Love Church. And everything we do here is to help you receive and live out the love of Christ. Thanks for tuning in if this is your first time listening, and welcome back for those who have joined us before. But whether you call LLC home or not, we're just glad that you're here. Well, this is episode seven of our podcast segment called Stories from the Church, where we share stories from the church that are for the church. I'm so excited about today's conversation with Jocelyn Lee, Hosea Chung, and Anthony Ma. And they're together the co-founders of a Vancouver-based Christian apparel brand called Rise and Do. Their company is all about high-quality clothing that helps you wear your faith boldly. Hosea is part of 10th Church right in the heart of the city and has served in their Alpha ministry, sending much love to the people and the pastors to that church community. Jocelyn and Anthony both go to LLC and have served in numerous roles here too. Jocelyn is part of our Welcome Ministry leadership team, as well as serving as a chairperson for our Sunday services. Anthony has served in various ministries as well, including our congregation leadership team and currently a life group leader. He has also sang vocals on her worship team, so you can ask him more about that. Apart from their time together working at Rise and Do, Jocelyn is a Sustainability Services Senior Manager at KPMG. Hosea is a former journalist and editor and is now a co-founder and principal at Spotlight West Communications. Anthony is an account manager at CNO Apparel, owner of a couple other clothing businesses, and also co-owner of Chena Tree Childcare, along with his wife, Caitlin. So a ton of business and entrepreneurial experience here. But whether you find yourself in the business world or not, there's something for everyone, so stay tuned. They're coming up on their one-year anniversary as a company, and you'll hear more about their story, including what gives them joy and what they do and how they're hearing God speak in their business. We discuss the intersections of business and missions, and we end up talking about faith and business and why faith is so important and a key to what they do. They also talk about what are things you should look out for if you're looking to start your own business. Well, without further ado, here's my conversation with Jocelyn Lee, Hosea Chung, and Anthony Ma. Well, hi, Jocelyn, Anthony, and Hosea. Thanks so much for having this conversation with me today. I can see you guys waving at me. Hello. <laughs> Hello. It's not recorded, right? So I don't know why everyone else is waving. Hi, Doug. Good to see oh, you. No, so yeah, really, th- thanks for having this conversation uh, with me. I've been looking forward to it for quite a few weeks now. Uh, I've been following uh, your uh, your apparel, uh, your brand, and your company and business for since the beginning, and it's been quite a journey. And I think the goal of today is really for us to hear the journey and to hear your heart and also how God has been using you uh, in your and in, in expanding uh, his part of the kingdom uh, in, in your lives. So yeah, j- just for fun, uh, for us to start off, uh, maybe a little bit of introduction of yourselves. And I think food usually introduces us uh, a little bit. So a little fun icebreaker question. What food do you wish didn't exist on planet earth? I can start. Um, it's not so much a food as it is like a way of preparing food. I personally really dislike ground meat. It just weirds me out. I, I don't know why we would grind it. And, you know, even if it's like parts like a tongue, like you should know what's in it. So if you don't want to eat a tongue, then don't eat it ground up. So that's my personal thoughts. <laughs> You'd be lucky to get some tongue in that ground beef. <laughs> that's why I don't eat it. <laughs> I was going to ask that question. I'm like, ground beef, is there supposed to be? But anyway, I'm not sure how to respond to that. 
could be far worse. You're right. Okay. So you're talking yeah. about ground beef, ground pork, like ground anything? All of it. Yeah. Okay. Do you eat hot dogs? No, no. Haven't had one in years and years and years. More for us. <laughs> <laughs> So what, do, I mean, I know you're, I know you uh, follow baseball, kind of, like Vancouver, the Canadians. So oh, what, yes, yes, yes. what do you eat when you go watch a baseball game? Oh, it's popcorn every single time. Always. It's oh. so good. And you can kind of throw it if you're upset with the players. It's very versatile. <laughs> so, so Jocelyn's that person who's <laughs> been banned from the stadium for throwing food at players. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jose, about, what about you? Man, I eat anything, really. Um, I was thinking about this, and I think, like, the two things that I probably don't eat, um, eggplant, like, I'll still eat it. I just don't enjoy it, just <laughs> of the texture, and pig's blood. And I think, <laughs> oh. like, who came up with that? What was the point of that? And I just no, like that's just one of those things I probably won't eat. Everything else is pretty good. Like I'm always hungry too. So right. Like whose idea? Whose idea was it to add pig's blood with gelatin and then add it, you know, yeah. kanji? I bet you it's in hot dogs, Jose. <laughs> hey, if it uh, if that's what pig's blood tastes like, then I'll eat it. Not the kind that we, it usually comes with kanji and all that. <laughs> What about uh, what about eggplant? Don't you like? Uh, I think just growing up, it was like the texture. Um, I do eat it now, but not by itself. Like if it's like with something, um, right. and it's masked in sauce. But it's weird. Like I don't like I eat durian, and I eat I like the texture of other food is not really an issue for me. I don't know why eggplant. Maybe it's just growing up weirded me out yeah mm. yeah i just remember eggplant usually being part of that dim sum dish uh, yeah that i just eat the top part with the ground yeah. pork <laughs> yes. yes oh man yeah uh, what were you anthony for me uh it would have to be unethically sourced foods <laughs> it's especially difficult when these foods are uh on the tastier side so things like foie foie gras, um, and shark's fin. Um, so just knowing kind of what's behind those things, um, that's one of the foods that I wish did not exist. Right. Wow, I, I wish this uh, guy, this guy like really thought of his answer. Yeah, well, went, I, went, I went last. I went last. You guys yeah, went you waited till we... <laughs> Said ours first, and then made dogs, us look bad. Yeah. Now he's making us sound like bad people. <laughs> I, well, I, love, I, I, I love I love all foods, so yeah, that's really the only thing I could could think of. Beans. Right. I've traveled with you. You don't eat uh, beans and corn tortillas. <laughs> I do eat them. I do eat them. They just uh, they don't necessarily go down that well, especially on a, a mission trip with no running water or accessible toilets to depend on oh i i really wish our listeners were able to see our faces right now because we're trying so hard <laughs> to, keep, to keep it together I, I, before this we're having a conversation and and jocelyn said doug are you ready um are you sure you can handle all three of us <laughs> having this conversation and uh we'll we'll see uh, how this goes 
but that was just the first question. It's just the first one. And the reason why I thought about this question is because all three of you, actually, I do think of you three as eating pretty clean. I just, the three of the cleanest eaters that I know that I have a relationship with. So I was interested to know what you do and you don't eat uh, unethical foods. That's quite, <laughs> quite an answer there. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, as I think of you three, you three have similarities, but also your, your differences and your differences in gifts and uh, personalities. Um, and it, it's really good that to see you guys serve together and to be in this kind of, you, 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 uh, you call it a company, but also a, a ministry, uh, this Christian apparel brand, and you're committed to you know, durable and high quality clothing and about wearing your faith and being bold. And it's all about locally sourced and designed here in Canada and it's about being made to last. So before we get into that part, I'm wondering, like, would you share with us, how did you all meet? Like, how long ago was this? How did that happen? I can take this question. Um, so for Jose and I, I specifically remember him um, walking across the gym floor at Pentasport, which is the Christian multi-sport league that we've all been a part of one way or another. Uh, I think we kind of actually locked eyes. I don't, I don't know if you remember that, Jose. Love at first sight. It was love at first sight. Um, at that time, our committee was still pretty small. I think we might have only had five or six people, and we really needed somebody that was skilled in, in marketing um, that could take our social media game to the next level. So we got kind of got to talking and just asked him if he would like to join up on being on the organizing committee. And he was really excited about it, passionate. And yeah, we basically have been working together on Pentasport and on other things for almost four years now, would mm. you say? Five, he says. Yeah. I'm not necessarily the best with. That's a big anniversary, you two. Five years, years or dates. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it is four. Maybe it is four. I don't know. Four or five. It's been a while. And for Jocelyn, I've actually known her, known of her for over 10 years. We've been going to the same church, uh, Lord's Love, for quite a while. But I think I've only recently gone to Nora on a deeper level within the last three years. It was uh, working together on a church welcome package mm. and a connect card mm. uh, that took us almost two years to complete <laughs> uh, when we first started working with each other. And then uh, just last year, I asked her to help out for the Run for H2O, where she helped to handle all the finances and uh, permits and a whole bunch of other stuff that she was really good at. So yeah, that's basically kind of how we met. Mm. Pentasport, run for H2O in church. Yeah, th that's fascinating how it did start with Pentasport in terms of a sports ministry. And even the beginnings of that ministry, no one knew what was going to happen and the direction God was going to take it. And then here we are. I wouldn't say it's an offshoot of Pentasport, but like the relationships were formed through that ministry. Uh, and um, yeah, so so thanks for sharing sharing that. Yeah, so Anthony and Jocelyn do go to LLC, uh, Lord's Love Church here in Vancouver. And Hosea uh, goes to 10th Church uh, in Vancouver as well. <laughs> Thumbs up for everyone. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's fascinating that we can cross boundaries and different churches and serve and um, be in each other's lives. And I know like Hosea and Anthony, you served on a missions trip together uh, to Guatemala. Uh, that, that was really something. And I remember seeing pictures and you're sharing and, and 
your relationship really seemed to bloom after that trip. Nothing brings people together more like a missions trip. Yeah. Oh. I, as I think of your um, business now in your company uh, and just the differences that you have and uh, different backgrounds that you have, uh, like, how do you make decisions? Like, how do you all work together? Because I, I see you three being quite different in personality and, and you're all fun and, and you're loving and whatnot, but you all have your strengths. Uh, so like, how do you make decisions? Like, what have you learned about each other in terms of working together as a team? Decisions is such a broad term because I think for the three of us, it's not just always, you know, a high level strategic decision that requires the three of us to come to the table, but even choosing a font for the website, we literally do everything together. And I don't think there's been a single day where there's been silence in our WhatsApp chat for better or for worse. There's never any silence um, and so in terms of how do we make decisions, um, I guess that, you know, that first check is that, you know, we come together as a group. Um, and what I really appreciate is that uh, I think in a group, sometimes you feel like you're trying to prove a point or you're trying to convince people of how you feel. Um, but for this team, I find that we're always trying to move forward together. We really do respect each other's views. Um, and I think that because of our intention and our heart behind the ministry or company, as you call it, um, we are always, you know, actually just trying to tease out the best possible solution that glorifies God. And so that really anchors and like grounds us in what decision we're making and why. And so the second piece is the first, I guess, being like the team side, the consensus side. The second piece that helps us make decisions is kind of, you know, what our company is all about, which is, um, you know, glorifying God and having uh, and making his name known. So um, making sure that every decision we make is actually consistent with the Bible um, and making sure that everything we do honors God, that it loves people well, and whether those people are, um, you know, our friends who buy the apparel, or whether that's our partners um, who are sewing our garments, we want to make sure that everyone feels like they're part of it and feels cared for. Um, but we always do try to operate um, excellently, and I guess in a way that just, yeah, really um, glorifies the God that we serve. So I would say those are probably the two ways that quote unquote that we make decisions um, or at least the two checkpoints we have every time we choose anything. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, no. I think also, Oh, sorry. No, I just ahead. wanted to add, like, I, I think also like um, just having very different um, even personalities for us, right. Um, is hmm. pretty interesting. in in terms of the dynamic, um, you know, like Jocelyn's always, very upbeat like all the time uh whereas <laughs> Anthony no, and Anthony is you know I don't think he's ever upbeat right uh and he's just very you know consistent very and mellow. chill yeah <laughs> so and uh and I think I'm just sort of in between but um I think we also like feed off each other a lot in terms yeah. of our personalities which does bring in like different elements into it which is goes into decision making goes into like how we um move forward in our business and how we come up with ideas and whatnot and just seeing it from a lot of different perspectives oh it's so much fun and i think like the the really great part is that because we're friends and we are believers like we don't actually have to get defensive or upset about anything like nothing will really break us like we can disagree on something because we have such different experiences and like areas of expertise but it's never you know, we never shy away from being honest, fearing that it'll hurt each other necessarily. So it's a really, really safe dynamic and also a ton of fun. Like every meeting, 
but contains so many jokes. I, I cannot even begin to share the number of jokes there are. The tough thing is like when we do have disagreements now, we can't like hit each other with dodgeballs because there's <laughs> Penta Sports on hold. Because like that is really how we let out our anger to towards Anthony. Just pretend it's a headshot, but really um, use sports as a cover. Not with yeah. his words, but not with the throwing. <laughs> so sports was your excuse and taking out frustration upon each other in, in a fun way and no one can blame you otherwise. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I just see Anthony nodding his head. <laughs> That's really funny. They love me. They love me. That, they love me. That's why they, they pick on me. Well, I, they, I, I might be wrong, but did you meet every Wednesday? Is it every Wednesday yeah. morning at 7 a.m.? Yeah. Wow. And, and you start off with prayer and devotions and then you get into a quote unquote, the business side of things and, and the agenda for the meeting that that's really something. Um, I, I don't think many, um, local businesses are doing that. And I think you're very, being very intentional in terms of being a team together and, and intentionally glorifying God, as you mentioned, and, and putting him uh, at, the, at the forefront there. Um, I guess we never talked about this, but what, what actually are your three roles uh, within, uh, within your ministry here, within your company? three roles Jose. are there three roles or do yeah. so um uh jocelyn and i just delegate tasks for anthony to do <laughs> <laughs> but no uh so anthony is more overseeing sort of manufacturing and operations that side of things jocelyn is more overseeing financials and i'm overseeing marketing but honestly like we end up just collaborating on everything right and, mm -hmm. and that's why I asked that, because I really love that. How even though you have three specific roles, you're still working together as a team uh, intentionally in order to push uh, the vision forward. And that, that's really good uh, to see. Yeah. So how did this idea start? Like how, how did Rise and Do start? Um, like what was the beginnings of it? It's kind of hard to pinpoint exactly how it started. Um, a few years ago, we were uh, so involved with running Pentasport, organizing Run for H2O, which was almost an 800 um, participant run over the last two years, um, generating uh, fundraising for all that. But I think uh, one of the aspects of where it came from was when we were trying to uh, fundraise with the Pentasport League and all the participants, we started selling Pentasport branded clothing. So you've probably seen people um, around town, maybe at least within our circles, wearing the unity across the chest and all the hats and everything. Mm. And for the last two years, we were able to raise uh, quite a bit of money for the run that way. Um, so that kind of got some uh, seeds planted within my heart to think, well, if everybody um, wants to uh, wear the value of unity and they're proud to wear it and they want to do something um, good as well for the run maybe we could express different um, aspects of the gospel on other pieces of clothing so i was kind of thinking about that in my head but we were very busy at the time i think i i, I mentioned it to jose and he said yeah it was a good idea so we we kind of just had it out on the back burner um, but then jose and i went to a missions conference in Vancouver, and it was called uh, BAM, Business as Mission. 
And basically this mission was affirming us that God can and does use businesses and business resources to further his kingdom. Um, so that's when we really kind of settled down and, and talked about this idea more. And at some point we decided to, to bring along Joss. And when she came in, uh, being the type A personality that she is, <laughs> really got into gear and we finally started um, doing something. Uh, I was really just brought in to mediate between the two of you, always bickering. I think Jose and I probably talked about the idea for at least a year and a half. We met twice, had some meeting minutes, <laughs> but with Jocelyn, uh, action came. And uh, yeah, it's been about a year since we officially launched. So Jocelyn came in and, and said, so are we doing this or not, guys? <laughs> like, That's kind exactly of. what I say all the time. <laughs> I wow, think that, how did you know? Awesome. How did you know, Doug? <laughs> So what's the plan? So do we have a deadline? With, with Jocelyn, it's not just, are we doing this? It's, are we doing this? And when are we doing this? Can somebody write down this? Oh, yeah. I need to know what who I'm doing. is doing it. And <laughs> yeah, when is this done by? Oh, it's done horrible. But I, I do remember the first time we met up, it was at a sushi restaurant downtown. And I remember I, I had gone prepared with a list of questions. And the, the answers I got were varying degrees of preparedness. <laughs> so I knew what I was walking into, but it, I mean, it was such an exciting idea. Um, and I think it's really meaningful and it's, I mean, again, it's fun. Um, and so why not and test it out and see what it can bring to people, see what, you know, can happen. Um, kind of, as you mentioned at the beginning about Pentas Board, but not knowing what could happen. I think we were in the exact same place with Rise and Do is we just don't know until we try. Hmm. Did you go into the meeting with questions or did they have questions for you? I'm type A. Of course I went in with questions. <laughs> <laughs> so you shocked the two of them. Probably. Right. Our question was, uh, <laughs> yeah, our question was like, so what do you want to order? And uh, do you want more water? <laughs> <laughs> and Anthony's like, of course, the, the ethical choice. <laughs> Where is the ethical menu, please? Uh, you mentioned business as missions. Uh, yep. that, that's, that's a fascinating uh, realm of, of ministry right now. Uh, was there a point when you joined in on that uh, on that conference that spoke to you? Were there any nuggets, anything that was a little bit more memorable that stuck with you? I, I think it was just interesting to hear about uh, Christian or faith-led uh, leaders mm -hmm. who are either business owners or uh, entrepreneurs or people wanting to start their own business and what it means to um, make profit but also give back and that it doesn't have to be like if you're uh, faith-based like you start a nonprofit, or if you're you know uh, faith-based you have to do something um, in this industry and so it was how do we sort of incorporate um, our values and our, our faith values and our Christian values into things that we um, know and things that we're experienced with in the business side of things. And so I think it was more or less inspiration. Um, yeah, and, and that right. sort of, I, for, I, I, I guess I could speak for Anthony as well. It, it was just inspiration for both of us in terms of moving forward with a project like this. Mm. Yeah, that's good. So how did you settle on the name Rise and Do? 
Uh, for those listening, is Rise Plus Do? That's your your logo. And Do is spelled D-E-W. Yes. Yeah. So this was actually uh, before Jocelyn joined. Um, Anthony and I actually like went back and forth on different names, and we threw out like a lot of random words. So I actually looked back on our WhatsApp conversation on this. Um, and man, time flies. We decided on the name in October of 2018. Uh, so it's been two years. Um, so yeah, so it took, I mean, at least we had the name early. Um, but what we actually like, we actually like the word do first, so D-E-W. Uh, and I think it will have to do more of the fact that, you know, do is quiet. It's sort of unassuming. It's consistent. Uh, and, and that kind of appeal to us like it's there every morning it's not like rain where it's you know uh sporadic it it's mm. comes out hard it comes out you know it could be a drizzle it could be a downfall right so we actually thought about something like do apparel but um from sort of a unique and marketing purpose i think mountain dew would probably destroy us in google search <laughs> uh, so we we kind of threw back and forth some ideas and i think one day it just clicked because there was really no lead up to it i think it was like this random message is like rise plus do and it was like yes that's it and um for us rise is about sort of getting up sort of standing up for your beliefs and um obviously the concept of risen is prominent in scripture right. and doing is um also sounds like do you know to take action right. and um Whereas DEW is also like a biblical sort of reference for like daily blessing. And so this combination kind of resonated with us and um, fun fact, and I didn't, I forgot about this, but I actually wrote this in our chat back then. It was rise and do, the acronym spells rad. Very good. Jose is grinning ear to ear right now. He's so proud of that one. Good one, bud. Jose is all about words. about that. An acronym. I forgot. <laughs> wow. And, and I think I can speak to that. Like right now, I'm, I'm wearing the called by name uh, sweatshirt, left chest print. <laughs> I think that's officially the term for it, right? But it is something you're proud to wear. And also, it's, it's uh, you're proud to wear your faith, uh, mm. right? Right. You know, that's quite prominent um, as I'm walking around uh, the city. And there, there was a moment, too, I want to encourage you guys that. It was having a rough day and you know i was about to head out and i, I chose the victory sweater and be like i remember like what christ has uh, done like i am mm -hmm. victorious uh not because of what i've done but because of what jesus has done uh, so that those little reminders it doesn't have to be a super long bible verse necessarily but that one simple word uh, mm -hmm. really really does um uh speak and i mean speak, uh, speaking of words like how do you come about and I know this is this isn't one of the questions, but like, how how do you come about like the certain words that you chose, like victory? Uh, how do you choose like what to put on your? your uh, so what, what do you? How do you choose to print um, and the little slogans? Because I can tell there's a lot of thought uh, that's put into it. We're currently working on chapter three, and I can confirm it's a lot of thought. <laughs> it takes a lot of time, um, but I guess the the whole sequence, at least, is to tell a story. Um, in some way, and that's kind of how it's worked uh, since chapter one. And I, I think chapter one was actually also decided before I came on board. So I can't really speak to why that word was chosen, but I'm glad it was because I, I do think everything that we believe starts with the victory on the cross. And then from that, you know, flows the fact that we're called by name and we have a relationship with God. We've been set free because of that victory. 
Um, and then chapter three will kind of be it, exactly that, the next chapter, what happens, you know, once you've been set free and once you choose to follow that calling. I love the storytelling part. Uh, even recently, I've been reminded how all of us have a story and mm -hmm. the moments of interaction is our stories in interacting with one another, intersecting. And in those moments, whether it's five seconds or five years or whatever it is, like God has called us in those moments to make a difference. Uh, and the story, I love it. Chapter one, chapter two, looking forward to chapter three. You don't need to reveal it here. I won't ask you to do it now. <laughs> we'll wait for the grand reveal. Uh, but I, I know like from uh, your, 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 your company, it's all about being local and it's about quality and I can attest to that. Uh, so why is buying Canadian made clothing better? That's a great question. Um, I think I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit first, I think as to why we, why we make these types of decisions. Why does sustainability matter? You've mentioned local, you've mentioned, you know, high quality and, I think the heart of it all is that, you know, if we proclaim the gospel and put that message on the shirt, then surely on the back end, we should stand by those same values. And so that means, you know, we're not cutting corners when we're uh, in production. We're not creating clothes that goes direct to the landfill within a year. Um, and of course, we want to work with factories who have proven safety records. And so I think all those pieces kind of go hand in hand. And the message and what we believe is that we want to work and create products and live in a way um, that is reflective of the God we believe and the God that, you know, we're trying to share about. So that's kind of the heart of it all. And then I guess that, that second question there is why is Canadian made clothing better? Um, that is such a tricky question. And I think that's something we've learned over time. Um, it's, it was a very easy decision at the beginning that in my opinion, at least as I've learned about the garment industry, I'm very new to this. It's become more complicated with time. Um, so, you know, at the, at the very beginning, when you think of the average consumer, let's just say someone at the grocery store, you know, you, you typically assume that quality is produced onshore, that anything on North American soil is better, it's higher quality, partly because, you know, we, we have an idea of what those production standards look like, and it's just closer to home. But, you know, I think what we're learning is that that's not actually necessarily the case. Like, if you, if you look at some of the research out there or the products available, um, you know, international standards have caught up. Um, there are certifications abroad and worker safety is really on par um, outside of Canada. So while the connotation is that Canadian made is better, I think phrasing it that Canada is better is not necessarily the case. And that's something that we're really cautious about and learning more about because as I mentioned at the very beginning, the assumption is Canadian made must be better. Um, and I think as we move forward, we're learning that you know, maybe it's actually a disservice to perpetuate that own quality can only come from Canada. And it's doing a disservice to, you know, all the, the expertise and talent that's been developed abroad as well. And so while there's a ring to saying Canadian made and people associate it with quality, um, we're, we're kind of learning as we go and, and trying to understand the actual intricacies of the garment industry. Um, and I would say, you know, Ant has been a huge help in this. This is kind of his bread and butter. He knows this industry well, and Jose and I have had to do a lot of learning and it's been nice to kind of bounce those ideas back and forth. And so to sum that all up, <laughs> I don't know if we can necessarily assert that Canadian made is better, but that's a decision we made because we initially felt that way. Um, and we're learning as we go. And I think that's a, something I'm really proud of is that we're not kind of just stuck in a decision that we made a year ago and we're willing to learn and adapt in a way that 
you know, at the end of the day, if it serves people better, we will change. Hmm. As you're sharing about that, it makes me think of uh, how you're in this, not just for the business, but to help with the transformation process of the back end all the way to the front, that what you're doing is making a difference in the industry in, in a very real way uh, and changing people's perceptions, uh, the hmm. way we think about clothing, uh, hmm. the way we think about our faith, even and how that intersects with business. Like I, I see it being transforming in very uh, in many different aspects uh, of what you're doing. Uh, I, as I think about a, a Christian apparel, and I know being a Christian business is really important uh, to you guys. Like you've mentioned that time and time again. When I think of Christian apparel, I often think of companies down south. Like that's often the ads that I get, right? Like, like the ads that I see on Facebook on whatever it is. Uh, that I will see it being popped up down in Texas or or some, somewhere very far away from where we are in Vancouver here. So I'm very proud that uh, it is a local company in Vancouver that's faith-based because I don't see it uh, very often. Uh, so why is it so important that you are known as a Christian business? And it's all over your website uh, when you go visit the website. Uh, and what, what problem are you trying to solve? Yeah, I think it's it's easy for us being an overtly Christian business. Um, to be known as a Christian business. I think the better question is for individuals who are involved in businesses um, that aren't overtly Christian. Is it important for those um, people to be known as Christians in that context? Mm. Um, I've been kind of thinking about this a lot, a lot, and Jesus did command us to make disciples. And a lot of times I think we like to categorize that or compartmentalize that. Uh, whether we're at a church setting or at a setting where we feel comfortable sharing about our faith and praying versus um, in secular places like uh, our workplaces, for example, or other workplaces, um, we don't necessarily have that same level of boldness. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's what Rise and Do really is about, that people could wear their faith boldly, uh, maybe not necessarily all the time, literally, but if they could take that uh, concept and passion um, wherever they are in all situations and all opportunities, I think that's what's important. And that's what we're trying to drive towards. And Doug, I love that you mentioned that you found encouragement seeing it in your closet, because that's exactly yeah. it, is that you don't have to be yelling it from your rooftop every day, but just to have that reminder and that kind of like that second voice telling you, oh yeah, like don't forget about, you know, the God that you serve. Even if you don't choose to wear that sweater that morning, like you had the reminder and you had kind of that moment of refreshment, I guess. Um, So yeah, I I think that's really powerful. I think of a sermon that you just preached recently, I think on Romans, Romans, one of the chapters 12 or 11 about clinging to what is good. Um, And I think that's one of the powerful thing about, these apparels is that we can um, literally be reminded of God's goodness uh, when Mm -hmm. we look in the mirror or when we look down and we need that because the world is trying to say the complete opposite a lot of times and pulling us in the other direction so um, in terms of clinging and holding on to what's good um, that's one of the aspects I think in terms of like problem being solved and maybe it's like we don't want to see it as like a problem, but more of an encouragement is that we want to have a product that also is able to generate conversations, right? And um, sometimes it's very hard to have those uh, deeper 
you know, faith-based conversations, just meeting someone or um, talking about something else, but maybe there's an opportunity when, you know, you're wearing a shirt that has a message on it and someone else inquires about it or um, they recognize, hey, this is uh, Christian or we're, you know, what does this mean to you or uh, what does it mean, right? And so being able to have those conversations is, I think, part of, um, again, that inspiration of, of the messaging and the reasoning behind the products. Yeah, I love that. Uh, what I'm hearing, it's an empowerment of people. And, in, and the, the bottom line of all, all of it is to encourage people in their faith. Really, that's driving uh, the vision and where the where 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 your company is moving forward. Uh, Anthony mentions like, well, you know, it's encouraging you to wear, to wear your faith, maybe not literally. I've worn the sweater quite a bit, and I can tell that's last. I can tell you it's lasting, that, holding that it quite too. well. Yeah, that works too. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so you could wear it every day if you if you want to. Uh, but yeah, I, I really see that it, it is encouraged encouragement to to people uh, in their faith. And also, here's the thing: like, people do look at what we wear. Like as you're walking down, like people see the logos and what I love is that it's not like strictly it's, it's obvious, but it's not in your face harsh. Mm -hmm. And it, but yet it's, 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 uh, it makes people think like, Hey, what, what does that mean? And, and I know that three of you, like this wasn't, well, it's not what you were doing before, you, you know, <laughs> before starting rise and do. So uh, maybe it's a question for all three of you, but like, what were your, your ambitions growing up uh, and was entrepreneurial, uh, ship like in your heart uh, did you imagine yourself starting a company uh, maybe jose i'll let you start first um i grew up wanting to own a christian apparels brand and i always dreamed that the peak of my career was to do a podcast with doug Wong, <laughs> even though i never met him until later on in life uh no you know what it was it, of course i think it wasn't you know something that was in the radar at all growing up. Um, for myself, I wanted to be a sports journalist and I got to do that and everything else after is really bonus. And so um, I, I don't think a lot of people, um, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but uh, they think about being an entrepreneur. You ju it just sort of happens sometimes in terms of pursuing passions or sometimes it's out of a necessity um, and you know maybe needing to start up a business. Um, but yeah, like I, I, for myself, I guess, personally speaking, you know, I just like creating things and I'm also not a learner of, of through school. I, you know, I learned through doing, and so a lot of entrepreneurship, you know, to a degree is really just like learning about business without the textbooks, without the exams and lectures and, and without the traditional sort of format and really just going about and doing it. And so, um, being able to create things is such a big part of this from like creating a business to sort of products to strategies and just learning a lot on the go. And so I really attribute sort of entrepreneurship to learning. And I think we sort of talked about it, right? Like even, you know, Jocelyn learning about Etsy marketing and Anthony, you know, being this Photoshop guru now that he is. Oh man. Uh, call you a guru? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just uh, really wanting to compliment him since I brought him down earlier. So, um, to like even like myself, just like I do a lot of marketing stuff, but even like looking deeper into say like Google search ads and paid ads and search intent and all that, right? And so it's this 
also great opportunity to expand knowledge, I, I think for all of us. And um, like, we all have our own skill sets, but when you're an entrepreneur, you just do everything. And so when we have these roles, it's like, but you just end up doing so many different things that you didn't even know existed or had to do. Um, and personally for me, like I enjoy that and I enjoy kind of being out of the comfort zone a bit too. Mm. I love what you said about uh, you enjoy creating. And even now in what you're doing now, it's creating among many things, but specifically Rise and Do, you're creating moments for other people to be creative also and sharing their faith. Like you're, you're, you're creating and making a way, like all three of you, in terms of allowing for people to remove the barrier. Mm-hmm. Like when someone comes and asks you, hey, what does victory mean? Like it's kind of the ice is broken and someone is already engaging in that conversation and the ball literally is in your court. And how are you going to respond? And so you've created that openness. You've created a way of sharing the gospel, which is fascinating as I think about from an apparel company, from a brand uh, that's all, not often a place that people start off with, but that was, that's been your vision. And that's, uh, I see it being carried out. Jocelyn and Anthony, do you have any uh, thoughts to that question too? Like ambitions growing up? Uh, did you want to be an entrepreneur? I personally never, I don't think I ever aspired or dreamed of being an entrepreneur. Growing up, I, I'm one of those people, I'm not like an expert in anything. I just like trying things and I have a curiosity, but I've never been like the star piano player or like an amazing soccer star like that's just not who I am and maybe I you can say I just don't stick with anything long enough um but I do really enjoy trying and so I think with Rise and Do it's an opportunity to try something new and kind of as Jose was saying you know like test it out see what you can learn um see what it's like to work in this team um and the the downside is so like the risk is so low it's just really saying okay I'm willing, I'm able, and I'm going to put some time into this and we'll see what happens and we'll see um, where God takes it. And so even though it was never on my radar, it was a pretty easy decision to say yes. Um, And I think it's also been really nice for me because my day job is quite corporate. And so this is kind of the total opposite of that. Um, Mm. Not to say anything about my corporate job, but it's it's just very, very different. And I think I've come to appreciate the benefits and downsides of both a little bit more. Um, and because in my day-to-day work, I work in sustainability, it's also a little bit tied in here. And I can kind of see the application of the theory that I work with day in and day out and see what it's like to actually um, make those types of decisions um, on a ground level in a company. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's been a great journey so far and I, I do really, really like it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been awesome. You said that this has been a low risk move, mm-hmm. but I think from, from some, like from my perspective and maybe others, you know, listening in and watching as well, like we might consider this actually be pretty risky. Like you're putting yourself out there, mm-hmm. you're putting your name, it's uh, you're putting your heart and your soul into something like this. So yeah. you want to expand on that a little bit in terms of like the low risk, like how did you come up uh, to that um, understanding or yeah well now that you mentioned it in terms of like the soul bearing side yes I think that was extremely risky um I mean my friends all know that I'm a believer they know that I'm a Christian they know that I go to church but I think saying that you're going to start a company that is faith-based that's like a whole new ball game um because you're I think when people think of like evangelism for example like that's very direct evangelism and so when I would ever especially at the beginning when I brought it up with friends I'd you know, I was so excited. I would tell them and 
I actually was always really nervous about their reaction or, you know, are they going to be offended in some way? And I think we grow up in a culture where we're taught that people get very offended about religion. Um, but what I came to see, and maybe it kind of speaks to the subtlety of the design as well, is that it really did open conversation. Um, and so many of those friends have purchased um, pieces ever since, whether they're believers or not. And it's enabled so many interesting conversations, even ranging from, you know, what does the design mean to why are you starting this company? Why do you care about this? Um, and so I think on that side, maybe it was, a, it felt more vulnerable, but in terms of a abilities, time commitment, relationship side, like I know Anth and Hosea, I know, you know, it's going to be great working with them. I trust them. Um, this, you know, this isn't, you know, a super taxing um, project either. I don't think any of us ever had the intention on making this our full-time job. So that just, that pressure wasn't really there. It was really out of a desire to, you know, do something fun with our time, see where it goes. Um, but yeah, it, it didn't feel risky in, in the conventional sense, I guess. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, Anthony, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, so my ambition ever since I, I was a kid was always to be an entrepreneur. I, I just remember one time um, sitting on my bedroom floor in high school, almost in tears. I'm not even joking. Um, my parents just asked me, what am I going to do? Because my, my grades were pretty bad. Um, and it was looking like I wasn't going to be able to get into any universities. And I just remember kind of shouting at them, I wanna, I'm going to start my own business. I'll show you. Um, so I've always had that in my heart. When I was like 19 years old, I, I set up a, a booth at Night Market. I don't know if you, you if you even know this, Doug. To sell, they're called pocket bikes. They're like these little right, right, right. motorized um, bikes. So I did that. Um, it was slightly profitable, but just to get those entrepreneurial juices um, flowing was was good. And and ever since. Um, I've just always dreamed and I've had visions. Uh, maybe the follow through hasn't always been the best. My, my dad's one word of advice to me always is to just start something and finish it. Mm. Uh, that is probably one of my weaknesses. I like starting things. I don't necessarily like finishing them. Um, but yeah, God has always placed dreams and visions and entrepreneurship onto my heart. And I, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. That sounded like enthusiasm from you, Ant. <laughs> Possibly. I can go even higher. I can turn it up. When are we launching um, the pocket bikes, uh, Rise and Do version? <sighs> well, you'll have to stay tuned. <laughs> Never know. Maybe we'll be ready for Christmas. <laughs> it's like, it's that's, that's, that's more of a 2000s item they're they're far too dangerous nowadays for the kids to be <laughs> riding them too many too many bylaws so i i mean i, I hear like like well with the exception exception of anthony uh wanting to be an entrepreneur you know when when he knew when he was pretty young if someone wants to start their own business or you feel or they have an idea and maybe they might feel like a super high risk or there's a lot of barriers like what, what are things that they should know uh if someone was having a conversation with you right now, right now like what would you tell them first in terms of starting something yeah i mean for myself i actually do have a lot of these conversations um and i love talking about like business ventures and marketing 
and this could probably be a whole new podcast, <laughs> but um, especially even like yeah, side sure. hustles or like business ideas. Um, and honestly, there's, there's really like no correct right way to start something necessarily. Like some people do all the budgeting and forecasting and research and planning. And, and I think that's great. And that's probably like a better way to go, but you can also just do it and learn from the go. And there's a lot of successful companies that have come out of, um, like a side need to start something or if they have no experience whatsoever um, for sort of, I guess, advice, you know, just have those foundational pieces, right? Like branding, making sure it's government licensed, uh, having just a good idea of what your product and service is. Um, and, you know, if you kind of have that, it's always, you know, a good start from a, I guess, Christian perspective. Um, I think it's very easy to mm. follow society standards of um, mm. how to deal with people, how to negotiate, how to like um, even cut corners to a degree. Mm. And there's, I guess, this emphasis sort of in the business world where um, there's profits before people, not necessarily always like outspoken that way, but it, it does come down to that in a lot of decision making. So I think for a lot of um, people who maybe are listening and they're Christian and they're thinking of starting a business um, at whatever stage, like if you're just in the idea phase or business planning or you're three months in, I think one of the things is maybe just ask yourself, like, how are you thinking about people first um, before profits? Like both are important. Like, don't get me wrong. You need profits. You need right. like conversions. You need budget. Like you need to make it successful uh, financially. Um, and all that stuff, but it's really just how you prioritize it and how it affects from the top down. Mm -hmm. And I also sort of just talking about entrepreneurship too and business, um, a, a lot of it is really like trust, right? And as Christian um, business owners or uh, founders and just leaders in whatever industry you are in, it's really just sort of trusting God because you can't control a lot of things that whether it's customers or whether it's uh, negotiations with manufacturers and so there is that risk factor of uh, putting faith in God that he will guide your business and your venture and he might say no but he might also say yes so um, that's also just an extra element that comes with being sort of faith-based as well yeah that's good no thanks Jose, for sharing that. That, that that reminds me of a conversation I had with someone that was venturing into uh, coffee and farms and how it was uh, um, employing people in another country. But anyways, the, the point was that she was sharing how it's important to make, we want, even though it's a Chris, Christian business and there's faith-based, we wanted to make money because it's supporting real lives and people. So there's kind of the stigma of like, well, we shouldn't be about finances and money if we're Christian, but at the same time, well, it's what you do with the finances is what you do with the business that, that matters the most. Rising Do is about a lot of things, and there's a lot of things that I'm excited about that I see on your Instagram or, or on your website. But from from the inside, from the three of you, like what excites you the most right now about what you do? I would say getting feedback, actually, um, or or maybe it's because you know we're a year in, and I'm kind of craving that affirmation of okay, are we on track? Um, but that really, really encourages me to continue and to expand on what we're doing, knowing that it's creating valuable conversations, knowing that people are enjoying the garments, whether that's because of, you know, the, the cut or how thick it is or, or whatnot. It's nice to know that it's meaningful to someone. Um, 
which sounds like a very basic, uh, I guess, piece of feedback. But yeah, I mean, you do end up working really hard and you do spend a lot of time in prayer and hoping and wishing. And so to see it come to fruition, to hold a piece of one of the garments, to hear that someone enjoys it or to, to hear that someone had a really cool conversation because of it. That's really, really exciting. Um, and always kind of, that's why I wake up at 7 a.m. on Wednesdays is knowing that we can have an impact through this business and that God is using this in some way. Um, that's really um, the best part to me. Wow. Yeah. I love that. I do want to ask like, what, what have you been learning about God uh, during this journey? Is there any moments where you're like, ah, oh, maybe, you know, we shouldn't be doing this or those affirmations that we should be doing this. Uh, what have you been learning? What, what have you been hearing? I think for me, um, I've learned that God looks at the heart and a lot of times in businesses, um, we're trained to look at the bottom line. Um, so even, even looking back at the last year, maybe we aren't exactly where we had projected to be. Um, but I know that we've been faithful to this project, this business, and that God is, is pleased when he sees us um, talking about him and talking about ways we can encourage people to be more bold in their, in their faith. Um, so yeah, I, and even, even your sermons on, on Romans at our, at our church, Doug, I know I've been learning and affirmed that we are saved by grace, grace through faith, um, not really through our works. So yeah, looking at it that way, I, I don't think we can lose. We don't have much to lose. Like we're offering up all we can and doing the best we can. And uh, even in relation to your last question, what I'm most excited about, um, whenever we take uh, steps of faith, we are awaiting for God to show up and to do something miraculous, something beyond that, something beyond even what we could ever think of or dream of. That's what I'm excited for. Um, I also just love that we can gather on a weekly basis, which close friends and um, just read from the word, try to figure out what it means in our lives and pray together. Um, I think God's just happy with our devotion in that way. And yeah, just learning to, to, to lean on him and, and to trust him to take this business wherever he wants it to, to take it. As I think of business uh, often it like we use the word risky, but there you even, uh, you use the word like we have nothing to lose. And, and mm -hmm. I love that. I, I think it really comes to show where all your faith is at in terms of you've counted it all loss. Like, you know, this life, like we're passing and it's like a mist, but we're going to make the most impact that we can. And at the end of the day, uh, if we have our faith, we have God in our lives and we're following him. That's the most important thing. And I think that has really come out uh, in today's uh, conversation uh, with you. Yeah. So like I was saying, like, uh, unfortunately, I will. I would love to have way longer conversations. We'll need to have you back uh, again to talk more about little different pieces. Maybe we'll have uh, each one of you on individually. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, but if people want to hear more about what you do, uh, where they can, uh, where can they go to get more information? Uh, so, should we just give Anthony's phone number and okay, <laughs> give him a call? He also he also is our. Secretary, <laughs> he takes <laughs> yeah, orders off Instagram. the phone. So definitely yeah. message him on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, so you could uh, check us out, www.riseanddew.com. Uh, you can Google us at Rise and Dew. Um, email is our team at riseanddew.com and follow us on, well, we got Instagram, Facebook, 
Twitter, Tumblr, LinkedIn, Etsy. It's all over the place. Um, Doug Wong's podcast. So check us out. Okay. Thank you. Well, it's really good to have this conversation uh, with you uh, today. And really, I mean it, uh, that you guys are making a difference here in the city and what you do, uh, and also in our churches and the ways that you're living out your faith. And I can't wait to have more conversations with you in the future. Thanks so much Thanks, for having Doug. us, Doug. Really appreciate it. Nice chatting with you as always. Appreciate you. Thanks, Doug. Love you. Check out Romans, everyone. Well, that was my conversation with Jocelyn, Hosea, and Anthony. And I hope there were parts that spoke to and resonated with you. As we often say, the goal of these conversations isn't so much of saying this is the only way to live or that we're experts in living life, but perhaps God would stir up some thoughts in your hearts and to move you to become more like Jesus. Even if your gifting and calling isn't in business or starting your own company, we're praying that this story and testimony would inspire you. Well, that's all we have for today. We have a new episode every two weeks on the Wednesday, and so please join us again when I have my conversation with Joanne Chan, who is currently our fellowship department head at Lord's Love Church. She'll share more about her time in this leadership role, what she's learned serving in this role in a trilingual church, and Joanne is one of the most joyful people you'll ever meet, but as we talk about pain and suffering, we'll hear about how she finds hope and strength in the darkness, especially during her time of loss. Well, thanks for listening. Bye for now.